Hey everyone, this is Matt. And I'm Phil. And this is episode one about love. So. So generally, this is what we're doing here on the podcast. We're just going to be talking about all these different types of topics and subjects, whether it's love, religion, politics. We're going to go over it all, each in its own episode. And sometimes we're going to have guests on the show pretty much almost every episode after this, right? Yep. And yeah, we're basically going to tell our stories, our thoughts on things, and just kind of have an unfiltered, real conversation. That's why they call us the All Real Podcast. All right. That was a great introduction. So let's get into it. So episode one, love. I mean, where do you even start with love? Like, you and I have a bunch of different perspectives about love. We were talking about this earlier. Because you're, like, younger, and I'm, like, a little bit older, but we do have a little bit of a difference. So I'm Phil, and I'm 21. I just turned 21 recently. And Matt's 18. And we have these different... These different viewpoints on love in general, but also the age has, you know, a lot to do with it. So what do you... What do you really define as love right now? Let's see. Um, I would say that love is, in a sense, that it's a feeling that we get. And when we get this feeling, it can make us do anything. And love can control you. And it's not always the best thing to put yourself in. But it's always the thing that you're going to get yourself in anyway. I feel like the root meaning of love is, was originally just to um, extend your bloodline. And mm. like as cavemen, you got to ask yourself, well, did cavemen ever feel love? Or was it just I'm sure they did. having sex and making babies? No, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they, they did. Maybe not the, the early, like Neanderthals, but maybe the early humans even if it was one or two evolutions prior, probably did feel love to a certain extent. Even the Neanderthals might have. It's just that if we're talking about that sexual love, I just think, I don't think that's necessarily the root of it is a way to increase the human population. But love is more of invented as like a self-expression. And I feel like people kind of taken that and they morphed it into something that isn't as genuine you know what i mean yeah i got you hence why we have like different types of love I, while you were talking i was thinking of things i was gonna say yeah that it, makes a makes a good point you know what i mean there's different yeah. types of love because like, i don't i'm not gonna love you the same that i love um a girl but you call yeah. you still call it the same word. still love yeah so it's a good point i think that we as humans will make love into whatever we want sometimes and it kind of it kind of brings us back to a place that we want to be because love is not necessarily just a person it could also be a situation it could be a place love can be pretty much anything love can be a place yeah what do you mean by that you can love a place i love my house oh i love where i live yeah Love can be a memory, when you love a memory. Love could be, love could be anything. Love could be 
what you have love could be in the future of what you want to have like if you wanted to say i would love to have this nice car in the future or i would love to have a beautiful wife in the future just some random examples but love i feel like love in its basic definition can't be defined in words in a sense because how would you define a word that has it can just mean infinite different things yeah it'd be like trying to define the word the how are you how do you explain what the means to someone you can't it's just it's a word the i mean and you can use it at any time yeah and my point is not to try to explain this feeling to someone that's or like a robot that's never felt it it's just more of when i mean define love it's more of kind of like what type of love and i think that's really the thing i'm focusing on is how do you how do you distinguish what is love and what isn't you know then of course it could come down to lust so if we're talking a romantic sense a sexual sense you could say that you love somebody but really you're just feeling like lust towards them and then likewise you could say on the family sense of love you love a family member when maybe you only think you do because if you didn't say that then your family would say that like you're an ass or something like that you know yeah i definitely agree with that i feel like love just as much as it can be real it could also be faked and it could be created in a sense because if you think about it if you were to meet your parents on the street and you didn't spend every single day of your life with them would you would you just love them or is it because you spent every day of your life with them that you love them yeah it's because like when you spend time with somebody that's what it built so is love just conditional then is it just something that happens over time yeah definitely and then yeah definitely and of course it could extend from a lustful feeling like if you feel lust towards or an attraction of some sort towards like a girl that you meet of course that feeling could then morph into the love similar to the one that you feel to your fat to your family so in essence it all depends on on what you would um call love if you call that initial feeling of attraction love at first sight as people say then it morphs into a different love right so in essence i don't necessarily believe that love is permanent in that sense or unconditional it is conditional because of that fact now this is me defining love as only that pure-hearted connection with like such as a family member type of love yeah that's generally my stance on that okay well now that we have both stances and we have both perspectives, I think now we should dive into some stories and talk about how <laughs> we... Well, what do you want to start with? Like, there's too many things to to name right off the top of my head. Let's start with the first time you ever felt love with a girl. You're asking me? Yeah. Well, 
So we're talking romantic love. There's, see, the thing is with this, I'm going to even go back on my word and just start talking about crushes and, like, the first thing. What is that love? Well, I mean, I have... Love. No, but that's that's the story. So I'd say the first time I ever felt something like that, I was in kindergarten, and I felt like a crush on one of the girls in my class. You know, and that was like the first time that I ever really felt that before. I had no, no idea what it was. I just knew, oh, I like her. And then like, of course, my parents would joke about, oh yeah, that's like your girlfriend and stuff like this. And throughout my life, I'd have these little crushes and it wasn't until I reached sixth grade where I was like a hopeless romantic and I just kind of felt like I was in love with this girl that would never love me back you know so I thought that was love then I got to my high school years and I started dating girls and I thought that was love too it's like, no, now I can distinguish between the two. What is, like, little kid land and what is a more mature feeling, you know? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I got to college where I met my girlfriend that I'm still with now that I felt like, oh, maybe this is real love. Now, the love isn't as exciting off the bat and it's not as youthful and vibrant as it once was. But I feel like that's what would make it more real. I think the point I'm trying to get at is that I don't think love is necessarily... Like, I don't think I'm necessarily in pure love, or I really know what love is at this point, because of how many times over the course of my life I thought that I knew what love was, and then it changed. You know? Yeah, I feel like everyone, in a sense, has felt uh, the love of, like, just kind of love when you get to a uh, crush level, when you get to high school, you get the uh, the occasional, oh, had my high school girlfriend or had my my little fling here and there, but I feel like true love is never really experienced until you're mature enough to actually understand and do you think you felt true love i feel like i have felt true love within this scenario with what we're talking about girls i do feel like i have felt love in my life um multiple different times because i feel like i fit into the role of the classic hopeless romantic where it's almost like I see the relationship as the ocean and I dive straight into it immediately, putting everything in there, all of what I feel, all of what I want, all of how they make me feel. I don't hold anything back and I just put it always there, put everything there, I mean. And it usually never ends up right because all hopeless romantics always end show up as like a, a creep because... I don't know if anyone listening to this knows, but you should, probably should not tell a girl that you love her on the first date. It's I mean, usually not a good idea. And you've done but that before? I have. I have. 
Yeah, but like but early high school. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it a couple different times, and it never ends well when you do that. But I feel like with my girlfriend right now, um, I do really love her, even though it almost feels like I have to end it in a sense. And that's a situation that we'll explain more in maybe a later podcast. But I mean, you can talk a little bit about it. Give them some background. Here's a, a small background is that I'm about to go to college now and she's still in high school. So I kind of, ha- in a sense, have to end it and I'm going really far away for college. So it's just not really going to work. A metaphor that I like to use is um, going out with a Japanese girl a week before the nuclear bomb hits. So that's how I feel 24-7. Yeah. I feel like... A ticking time bomb. I feel a ticking time bomb in my back pocket. And no matter how close that I get, um, it's always just going to end no matter what. So it honestly keeps me far away from ha- from experiencing things that I should. Like, I was very uh, resistant towards meeting her family and um, stuff like that. Stuff like that you would have to do if you want to be in a long-lasting relationship. And I was kind of not really uh, running towards it for the first time because now I knew that, oh, it's just going to end anyway, so I don't want to get too attached. But... That's just like a basic background, kind of yeah, on a tangent. Yeah, there's a lot of but there's just, a lot of topics in there, and I mean, look, we could dive deep into like the realm of. Yeah, we can um, move more into different situations yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a little like bit the later. mental health realm and visualization and perspective. Yeah. That's a really good topic, perspective. But so, let's yeah, let's go back to what we were but, saying. So yeah, so f- what was your point with with love? So with with where I'm at right now, I feel like I truly love my girlfriend right now, but it just doesn't really, doesn't, it's not really working too well because I know I'm going to have to leave anyway. So it's just, it's a weird situation. But and do you feel like that this is the first time you felt that type of love? I honestly do. I mean, there's no, I've never been with a girl that has ever made me feel the way that I do for this girl. And it's almost like, I want this to work, but I know it can't, so it's very, it's always weighing on my soul how much I really love this girl, or is it just the lust of, oh, maybe maybe just this one time it's going to work, but... You're not far into the relationship. I would say that I'm a good amount into it to feel attached and not want to break uh, break it off. How long? How long what? How long into the relationship? I'd say I'm pretty deep, as I've already met her but family. How, how long? The time frame? How long I've been dating her? Yeah. Um, About two months, right? But how long have you known her? Also about two months. And that's the thing. It's because it's such a short time period. It's not that it can't be fake love but it's probably there's probably a lot of lust thrown in there that's the thing you know and it not saying it can never morph into that love but just because but just because you 
just because you don't feel like it's that right now doesn't mean that it can't be, you know? Because your mind, like, plays tricks on you. And there's a thing called puppy love where you're in it. And it's just, it's kind of like, like a barrier between you and your own, your own mind. You and your own rational thoughts. And that's where things get out of hand. Because if you get put under the spell of love, get shot with Cupid's arrow, it creates a whole new world for you inside your own mind. You know what I mean? I do. I really do know what you mean. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a very weird topic to, to analyze because every single person in the world feels it differently and at different points in their life. So at the end of the day, how I feel love is not going to be the same how another person listening to this will. But in my experiences for right now, at least, um, I do feel like I'm experiencing love in its truest sense. But love in its truest sense will always be all in perspective. Because the the one thing that I know, as for me at least, is that I feel like no one could understand the type of love that I give. And I know that there's probably a lot of people that feel like that too. A lot of um, all my hopeless romantics out there say hi. But um, we all feel a certain type of way when we get too close. And it's almost like, oh, I love her so much. Oh, I want to be with her forever, even though it hasn't even been that long. And that's just the way I feel for love right now. Like, up to these past 18 years, love has been almost, like, trivial. Almost, like, stupid. Like, according to what I've... Like, before, what I felt right now, it's felt like nothing. But that's love for my life and my situations. Do you feel like your love life needs to be fixed? I don't think it does. I think it'll fix itself eventually. And I've always been more of a go-with-the-flow type of guy anyway. So that's how I feel about that. You were saying earlier about how you feel like the hopeless romantic feeling. You're jumping into the ocean. But then along with your situation but let's just say your situation isn't involved in this right do you still feel like generally in your love that it's kind of like a nuclear bomb waiting to go off or that there's just some sort of a negative that's waiting to happen i do i honestly do feel like that feel like that every single morning when i wake up and i uh, look at my phone and i see a good morning text or uh, or i uh I just think about her in general. I just feel like I got to keep myself at distance. But I'm saying, let's just say it's a different girl. One where you don't have that time bomb going off. Do you still feel the the mental time bomb in some sort of way? No, I think that the only reason that there is a time bomb is because of the time limit for this relationship. I don't think it would be there if 
this uh, if this wasn't the situation. Well, then how do you feel about love in general? Is it still hopeless romantic, even if even if it's not in this situation where you have to leave for college in like two weeks, or what do you think? Is it, are you still a hopeless romantic at that point? And if you are, then what defines the hopeless romantic? Is more of what I'm trying to get after in this. I'll give you. Uh, I mean, I've already kind of said it a couple times, but a hopeless romantic is a person that is uh, is always. They feel like there is, and this is this is obviously just my perspective of what the definition is. For everyone, everyone's a different human being. Yeah, so but what do you feel like? My yours my is? hopeless romantic feels like there is something in me that is wrong unless I have someone uh, with me. I feel like I'm not whole unless I'm with someone, and when I'm with someone, I feel like they're everything to me. They're they're they consume me pretty much i uh i back down like i'd rather do what they want i'd rather um i'd always rather make them happy than have me be happy so i feel like for me being a hopeless romantic is almost like almost like backing down and compromising whenever there is an issue or anything along those lines it's just like letting it letting it run its course in a sense but never never choosing what i want over what she wants or what they if want if the conf- if the uh the wants and needs differ is what you're saying yeah I if mean, the I, wants and needs differ i can feel that too definitely like probably more than you think i feel something like that but that's not loving yourself at the core so, what do you do? You put your self love at like a lower level than, like in terms of worth, over the love of somebody else. I do. I feel like I do honestly put myself lower in the ranking of what I love, comparative to, um, how much I love other people. I always yeah. put myself at the bottom. Why do you do that? Well, I feel like I always... I've always been kind of like a compassionate person. And I've always felt... Uh, I've always been caring of what other people wanted. And and um, I've always just kind of went with that instead of what I wanted. And you can do that. It's good to be compassionate. There has to be a limit, though. And now, like especially with you going to college and stuff, I feel like you need to establish that line where it's like, this is where I say no, and this is where I take care of myself first. Because I feel like loving yourself is more important always than loving some girl or even like a family member in some extreme cases. And if you have that line, I just feel like that line needs to be moved up. Almost as if, almost as if it's like two ends of a spectrum and your, your line of where I take care of my mental health is on like such a low level or physical health or whatever, you know, I feel like that 
that needs to be raised, especially going into an adult world where, like, people don't care about you. You know what I mean? As a child, like, at least teachers and and family might try to raise that for you. Maybe all you have is, like, a friend or two as an adult. I know in my life I've definitely had to do that. Just kind of, like, get up and take care of myself, even if it means I have to kick somebody to the curb. And you could say that that's selfish, but I feel like at a certain point, not loving in that sense, like loving your neighbor, could be also loving yourself. And at that point, it's more important to, because if I love myself and treat myself with worth and respect, then I can go on and I can love millions in the world. And that's what I'm trying to do, whether I'm like, gonna be inspiring people like helping them out in jujitsu and stuff like that or through my music if somebody listens to it has a good day and they need to just pick themselves up and keep going but I can't do that if I don't show myself that same love you know yeah I, I definitely understand that but it just feels like with me right now um I feel kind of like kind of uh how do I say this kind of like estranged with my uh with my self in a sense i feel almost like what i love is not what is right for me in a sense i feel yeah, like i know what that's like i feel like my love for myself gets in the way of what other people want and i'd always rather other people be happy like that? I feel like, not always, and I definitely do care about myself a lot, and I definitely love myself a lot, but I always feel like I'd rather have other people happy than me. Like a self-sacrifice type of thing, then. Yeah, it's definitely a, a sacrifice that I have to, I definitely have to work on it, but it's something that I definitely do a lot, and I sacrifice what I love for what other people love. Uh, all the time well if you want to go into it why do you feel like the things that you want are different or like they're like the wrong thing like if you want to go into that is that's like a great topic when it comes to self-love and stuff like that it's not necessarily the things that i want are wrong it's more that they're not what the person that i love wants and i want the person that i love to always be happy and never feel like they're trapped with me so it's almost rooted in fear of like losing them that i will just do whatever they want Uh, i have a situation with that the situation that i'm in now is basically my girlfriend wants to um split apart when i go to college and then go back together when I come back and it makes perfect it makes total sense to me but it's not exactly what I would want and obviously what I want is like stupid in a sense because I want us to be together the whole time and that's not possible if I'm like a 2,000 miles away but that's just one scenario that I have to 
compromise over because I want her to be happy while I'm gone. I don't want her to feel like she can't do anything or talk to other people while I'm so far away. I don't want her to feel like I'm forcing her to, like, stay almost like I'm forcing her to be the person that she doesn't want to be. I want her to be her no matter what, and I don't want to stop her from being her. I mean, if we're really going to dive deep into that, the thing that I think is if she's really thinking about that, not being with somebody or being with somebody else while you're gone, and if she's staying with you, that's your way of stopping her from experiencing, like, going with other people. Considering you've only been dating for, like, the short period of time you have been, I think that it's not necessarily love at this point. Though, not saying that there can't be love rooted in there. Of course there is. There 100% is. But I just think it's more of like... It's more just like a way of... A way of keeping the distance rather than going full force with the commitment that could turn into that real, true, genuine love. You know? And I don't blame either party for wanting to split or create a separation because it's it's scary to go deep into that, especially starting off. I guess if we're going to go deep, like, the situation, like, with my girlfriend was at first I didn't want to necessarily be together because it was kind of a similar situation. I kind of wanted to experience life and experience like dating other girls and things like that. But then I came to terms with it. And I was like, okay, we can be in a relationship. And we've been together for a couple of years. And even still, I feel like I feel like I want to go hook up with some random person or get to know another girl and like go on dates, things like that. But I can't do that for my girlfriend for the sake of her doesn't mean that I don't have that connection with her it just means that I don't it just means that I there are certain things I can and can't do you know what I mean I definitely understand I mean, that. now that's rooted in like a whole bunch of topics such as like you know your wants and needs putting yours or someone else's over yours putting yours in the back burner the point of what I'm saying is like I was going to necessarily say well, she doesn't love you if she wants to be with somebody else. But then, the only difference between your situation and mine is that I've been together for three years, you've been together for two months. And then, somebody who's been with his wife for 40 years could come to me and say, oh, you guys don't love each other, you've only been together for three years. So I was going to say, well, my situation's different than yours because of that. But in the long scheme of things... The person who's been, to, let's just say they've been with their wife for 30 years. It's 10 times longer than me. And that's like 100 times longer than you. You know? So we're this close. Oh, well, if you can't see, I'm holding my hands really close. We're this close as, <laughs> whereas the other person, the long married guy, is on the up other side of the spectrum. So perspective is really, like, crucial in this situation. But from my limited perspective, I'm going to say that it's hard, it's very, very, very hard to love at such a young age. To the point where I feel like 
it shouldn't even be really a question until you hit 25 or so when it comes to settling down in like a romantic relationship. Or maybe it's longer, but this is just from my 21-year-old limited perspective again. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I feel like it, I feel like you could always look at another person that's been with their significant other longer and say, oh, and they would say, oh, you guys would never understand. And that's just perspective in general that um, I don't agree with because I feel like my love is not, it's not going to be um, different in a sense than it's not any different than if another person was with their wife for 40 years. It's like, what then, then back to what I was saying, love is just how long you've spent with someone. And at that point, does it, won't it just deteriorate over time? Because you can't, you can love someone forever, but it's just not, it's not really realistic in my eyes to love someone forever and that's like that's obviously another point and that's something that is probably not right but that's just how I believe um love is it's like something that you feel now and it slowly slowly gets worse as time goes on so what do you mean by that gets worse I mean that it almost gets uh tiresome and you start to almost like not like the type of person you've become because at the end of the day love is compromising and love is but that's your is changing of yourself it. definition of love yeah yeah then it would be compromising and stuff yeah love is compromising and compromising is love because I don't necessarily see it as that. I mean, I I guess I do now. After all the stuff I've been through. But I feel like I didn't see it like that. And something in me tells me that that's not what love is. I'd say love is ex- at its truest form expression. And if that means that I'm not in love. Then I'm okay with somebody telling me that. Though I will still say... Like, I love my family. I love my girlfriend. I love this hobby. I love wrestling. Or whatever. But, I feel like... I feel like at its truest form, love is more art. It's more passion. You know? Even if that passion just means laughing with your... With your cousin or with your... With your dad or whoever. You know? being yourself I feel like that's what love truly is though there is there is compromise and there is sacrifice in relationships you know cause it's like no no family is perfect you know what I mean but the essence of love for my eyes isn't how alright the microphone cut out there and we're back but the thing that I was saying generally was that the essence of love isn't necessarily how much you're willing to sacrifice for somebody else. 
it's more of just how passionate you can be or how true of yourself you can be around someone else that I feel is the essence of love. I have more of a glass half full mindset, even when I'm in negative moods. My, the storyline that I create for myself is always how to get over it. Because not that I feel like it's something to beat depression, but I feel like it's more of a thing. A thing of like, there, there is a truth of a general good out there. You know what I mean? It's but a, it's more of a way of how can I really realize that and understand that moving forward with my life. So I look at love the same way. Is that love is good and lo like your dreams do come true in quotation marks. You know? But it's just a matter of how can I get there? Whether I'm changing my situation or I'm changing my own mind through meditation or through just self-realization or analyzing taking notes journaling whatever whatever the like whatever the method it's always to get to an outcome a positive outcome that i believe is there at the end of the day now i'm not any like religious person or anything like that but i do feel like there is always a positive end-all be-all in some sort of way, no matter how many years it takes me to get there. And that's in, like, almost all situations. So, yeah, I do feel love is a good thing, generally, and it's not something to be hopeless for, or, like, a, to have, like, a heartbroken tale over. That's really all I have to say about that one. Okay, well, I definitely agree that love is something that, um, I agree that it should be something that isn't just, like, you hope for, but, like, you, like, you kind of, like, how do I say this? You kind of will get to it in... A sense like in a point at a point you will get to it and it's something that you should hope for it's just for some reason it's not something that I hope for and maybe it's just how I feel when I do love someone it's just Cause I feel like you don't think it it's exists. a negative thing do you even think that that exists like that positive image of love that I drew like do you think that that is even real I think that it's real for you. But you don't think it's like a truth for all people, that all people are going to have I think that, that everyone has a different truth when it comes to love. So what's yours? Is it that hopeless romantic, like, like, picture? Is that, like, your image of love and that's what you think is true for you? Yeah, I feel like my image of love is... Um, well, that's just how it is for me. That's not my general definition of what love is. It's just how I express it. But is that what you think your love life at the end of your life is going to be like? Hopeless romantic? Yeah, I feel like that's how I'm always going to be, and that's how I always was. So how do you feel about that? 
I feel like that's just something that I am. But how does that make you feel? Makes me feel normal. Makes me feel like... Makes me just feel me. Because that's who I am. And what if your outlook on love was similar to mine? Would that make you abnormal? Would that make you... No, it just makes you just makes you not me. But do you want to have like a brighter vision of love? I feel like I should have a brighter vision of love, but it's just not something that I have. I think I'm not gonna. I think you should too. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie and say that that's something that I have, when it's not. It's that's how I feel about love. I feel like, for me. I just kind of dive right into it, and it always ends negatively. But well, that's if you not didn't how. Dive into it. Would it still end negatively? Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would, but I would never know because that's not how I do it. That's not how I express my love. My love is is everything I have. It's everything I own. Like money is not a problem when I truly love someone. Let's just say you didn't have any love, like you didn't have any girlfriend or anyone in your life, like no family or anything. Then, then there would be problems, essentially, is what you're saying. Then everything negative would turn into a problem. Yeah, I just feel like I feel more fulfilled when I'm with someone. But let's just say, not in a romantic sense, but just in like a family sense now. You have family that you love. Yeah, but it doesn't make me feel fulfilled. Yeah, and that... See, a lot of that isn't necessarily love, but it's more of just like a... It could be a status thing, or it could just be a... The way that someone makes you feel type of thing, less than love. That Now there's a whole bunch of feelings that are mixed into that, you know? So it's hard to tell what that is no i i definitely do think that it is um it's it it's definitely part of it um the status because you start to feel better about yourself when you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or or um a significant other you start to feel better about yourself you start or at least for me i start to feel better um just in my daily life, I start to just feel better. I feel more attractive. I feel happier. I feel like more energetic. I feel like I could do more things. I feel like I have I just like I feel like I have a better outlook on life when I'm with someone. Yeah. But that's just not how I feel right now and I don't really know why, but that's that's just not how I feel. Wait a minute, so you're saying you're saying because you are in a relationship or because you're with a girl in general, that you feel like you should feel energetic and, like, all those things that usually, like, talking to a girl would make you feel. And that's why you feel like this is love, because this reminds you more of, like, a family type of love as opposed to uh, an exciting girlfriend type of love. Yeah, I feel like that's where it's starting to head. I feel like it's starting to head to a more of familial love than a romantic love yeah and i mean the thing the thing i would say about that is that that means that this isn't love 
it's just like, it's just like, you're building some sort of a level of comfort and you don't want to sacrifice that comfort. I would argue that this is love for me, though. It might not be love the way that you see it. You you might not think it is, but for me, this is about as loving as it gets. Look, I feel like, I feel like there's some sort of a fear that's attached there. Yeah, it's because, definitely a fear of because, being alone. That's definitely a part of it. Because I feel like it's yeah, it's it's got to be something like that. Because I feel like you're not necessarily just sacrificing for the sake of sacrificing you're you're sacrificing because it's the less scary outcome as opposed to if you didn't sacrifice for your partner yeah that's definitely definitely part of it i feel that i have to sacrifice in a sense that way i can keep them with me because i i do have a real fear of being alone and i've been alone for a long time at different points in my life and it's a definitely it's a very dark place. Like what? Well, for a long time before, um, a long time during high school, I feel like, I felt like I was in a dark place. Even when I was talking to girls at different points and it's not like I didn't have anyone to talk to. I had friends and stuff like that, but I was still, I still felt lonely and in my heart, I still felt lonely and I felt almost like un worthy to be happy in a sense because i didn't have a significant other because back in your high school years when you have a girlfriend you're like you're the shit at that point you you're the one you walk around school like (laughs) you walk around school like your penis is like 30 inches long and you're you're just you're the big guy on campus because you got a girl and that's just, yeah, that's just how I just how I, I feel high school was back in, back when I was there. and So it's the way that people treat almost, you in school is what you're saying. Yeah, it's almost like you become more, you become a higher status in the school when you have a girlfriend. But I feel like how my life is now, now that I'm out of school, it almost feels like it doesn't really matter if you have a girlfriend or not. And that's how I'm starting to see. I'm starting to I'm starting to believe that like I'm starting to think is this even like worth it? Is it worth my time and energy? Well, are to you doing it for the status? It? Uh, it's it's part of de- status is definitely part but of how it. How big of a part? Not that part, not that big, but like, it's still a part of it. If you had to put a percentage on it. Well, like 10% one tenth, All right. one yeah. tenth of my love for this girl is just about the status of having it. All right, yeah, that's which not which is bad. not a good thing in my no, eyes. No, 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 no. I think I think that's like the perfect ratio. It still doesn't feel good to me morally, but no, it, you shouldn't it's feel just bad. It is. But it, then, like your your self love has to come in first. You shouldn't feel bad about that. My self love never comes in first, though. Well, I mean, do you want to fix that? I just. It's not something that I feel is broken about me that I would need to fix. I think it is. I mean, we could do it. I think it I'm on, fine. We could do it on this podcast. I think I'm. I think it, where I am right now is not something that I need to be fixed. In a sense, I feel like where I am and how much I love myself is is fine enough. 
even if it's not a lot, it's just okay enough to, for me to go by my days. Well, you know that I'm always going to put in my input. I think we should fix that together. Not just that, but like a lot of just random little things like that. Little nuances to fix in your head. This is what I did to get myself to certain points that I didn't think I could ever get to. And I feel good. Rather than me just feeling like like life is hopeless and this is hopeless and that is hopeless just because I feel like I'm a certain way now. And I'm always saying I feel like it because that's really what it is. It's just a belief at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And you could always just change small beliefs. Beliefs that you probably don't even truly believe. It's just kind of like a surface belief. Not that it's even anything to fix. It's just a correction in, in order. Not even a correction. It's just like, just a change. In order to make yourself the best version of you. If that's what you want. I don't really see that as the best version of me, though. So then what do you see as, like, the best version of I Matt? see The version of Matt that, like, you can love yourself the most in. I feel my self-love is at its peak when I'm with someone and I'm compromising for them. It might not seem like I love myself. It might not seem like I love myself a lot when I'm doing that, but it definitely helps my love for for myself when I'm helping, not not really helping, but um, putting someone else before me because that's how I express my love. I feel, I feel like putting people before me is my love. And that's okay. But at a certain point, like, like you have to understand loving yourself. You know what I mean? Like, do you, besides loving someone else making you feel making that making you feel good or whenever somebody likes you that making you feel good when do you ever just love yourself without somebody saying you did a good job or without anyone knowing you just beat the high score at a video game or, or anything you know what i mean well you def i definitely feel love in myself when i accomplish goals that I set for myself and I think that that's enough that's enough love for myself that like I what? could that I could live on I don't I don't have to love myself 24 7 to to feel happy I, I don't have to love myself at all to feel happy because I do feel happy when I don't love myself and it's but, but then if you're not loving yourself you're in a state of hating yourself no just in a state of being okay with who I am. But that's loving yourself to a certain extent. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I, I don't hate myself, but I'm not, I don't love no, I, this, when I char this character of myself. When I describe love yourself, I don't, this, I don't mean like self-praise or self-reward or anything like that. I'm just talking about a sense of security and a sense of happiness with who you are. Yeah, I definitely have that then. I definitely I definitely feel happy. But like when do you feel that at its most? When I'm loving someone else. But besides that, when not when when no one else is in the picture. When I accomplish my goals. Like what? Can you name one example of like when you felt that? Like the most recent example. The most recent example is when at my job um 
there is a certain amount of sales that will put you we have a like a graph showing the who the top five sellers were and at my job um recently i got the number one sale seller even though i haven't been there that long and that made me happy and it made me feel love for myself because i felt like like wow i can't believe i just got number one seller because you did a, a good job is what you're saying yeah yeah i mean that's good it's just the thing that i'm trying to say is like i i understand what it's like as somebody who likes to entertain i just feel like it's good to have other people's reactions be the thing that drives your happiness but not to like its purest extent Sometimes if I do good in jujitsu, or if I just do good in like a video game or something stupid like that, or make like a really good drawing, even though I don't really show people my artwork that much, something like that's good enough to make me feel good about myself. Or even if it's just something random, like I get up and I like shave or I like brush my teeth, and I'm just like, you know what, you did a good job because you didn't want to get out of bed today. And like, that's enough to just give me that confidence boost to push forward and just be my best self that I can be throughout the day, you know? And that's something I want to, like, help instill in you is just that little way of, like, changing the way that you see a thing, such as brushing your teeth, to give you more of that love and respect throughout the day. doesn't mean you can't go and love, like, a thousand people or help a thousand people and feel happy about that. It just means, like, you're making sure you take care of yourself first before you go forth with, like, helping anyone. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I could use a little bit more self-love in my life, but... Yeah, definitely. At the same time, it's just not something that I feel is the utmost importance. And I'm going to try and, um move this around a little bit because we did go past uh 50 minutes talking about self-love and i feel and to to conclude this part of love i definitely i understand that self-love is of high importance it's just not really of high importance for me personally i i feel like self-love always is second and i'm i'm perfectly fine with having self-love second over everyone else's love i'm perfectly fine with that in my life and i love where i am in my life i love i love myself right now and i love who i am right now and i love every and i love everyone that's with me right now and i feel like that is just as okay than just loving myself over everyone else but I would like to move, if you don't, do you have anything more to add? No, that's pretty much it. I'm down to talk about another topic. I'd like to move more, since we've talked about a lot of the points in love first, I'd like to move more into the end of love and the absence of love. More of like the heartbreak type of topic. So what do you want to I think we can, we should start with... How someone could get over heartbreak. Hmm. From my personal perspective, like, so when I, okay, so the, the first, I'd say real 
heartbreak I've had where it's like the traditional heartbreak of girlfriend and boyfriend break up is when I was in high school and my girlfriend broke up with me in like the summer. I was like just turned 16 at the time and I felt like super, I was like super down about it because like I was really loving her and like in love with her and or at least I thought I was and obviously now it's obvious to me but back then it wasn't so obvious that she wasn't really that into it and that the relationship was kind of on a downfall for like the past two months like pretty much ever since school ended we had only been dating for like four months it not really a long time at all but but basically we ended the relationship and thing was then we got involved with this whole bunch of drama and things kind of moved in where like a bunch of people were hating on me it was like a big complicated thing the point of this is that the I feel like the anger and the the drama of this story and this this kind of a war between me and my friends versus my ex-girlfriend and her group of friends though that wasn't like the main focus of this argument it kind of gave me a reason to to hate her a little bit and to push this narrative forward and that feeling that anger helped me get over her in a faster way or at least at least not feel the pain because I was distracted by something else for long enough for me to eventually break away from that pain you know what i mean yeah i I definitely get that i feel like so that's like a way yeah Yeah. i feel like a lot of people immediately force themselves into um feeling anger or feeling sad right when right when that heartbreak hits right when they break up or they find their partner has been cheating or just in general something in some way that happens because everyone's situation is yeah, different, you know? In, yeah, exactly. And some, when some negative change happens, everyone, or most people, dive straight into feeling super angry or super sad. But I feel like, in a way, the best thing for yourself is just to feel... Is just to... Um, not try, Not, like, saying get over it, but just to accept the fact that it's over and kind of start working towards being able to live without them and, and you're being saying able that's to the healthiest choice i'm saying that generally speaking the healthiest choice would be to accept the fact that it's over and just reminisce and you you don't have to but you can you can reminisce and you can be happy about the times that you had or you can just or if it was very bad you can just not think about it at all and just move on completely and as difficult as they may be depending on the situation and the relationship and how long it was and how bad of a breakup it was it will always be more helpful to um to stop thinking about it or to just move on with it than to always keep thinking about oh i can't believe they did this to me or oh how could they ever do this all this time that we spent together how could they just throw that all away it's almost like, not like, how could they do this? Almost like, wow, I can't believe they do this, but 
how could I get over this? How how am I going to live without this dependence of them? It's, how am I going yeah. to how am I going to move on? And once you start being able to move on, then you can really start living your life again. You can really start you can really start doing your own thing and and just being you, being happy again. Yeah, there's a couple of things that go into that that you mentioned. One is like replaying the tape over and over in your head. That's something that you could do wrong. Another thing, like you were saying, was how how could they do this to me? You're kind of like questioning and analyzing the situation, breaking it down, seeing what they did wrong or what you did wrong, what you could do better. And there's just so many different things that could take away from this. The Kind of the thing that bothers me is that every single coping mechanism to an extent is negative kind of like how if you were to look up online like childhood trauma symptoms how you've experienced probably like half the things on the list because everybody has experienced childhood trauma to a certain extent i feel like it's kind of the same thing there is no 100 percent foolproof healthy way of how to handle a breakup i just think of course acceptance is like is like a good thing but even that has to come after a certain time period of grieving you know and just letting yourself run through the negative emotions so my focus isn't really because like a breakup might be something like i have to still deal with i've dealt with in the past before and you never know what the future brings you know yeah definitely so like i don't I don't really want to focus on, like, like the solution of how to come up with a healthy breakup. Like, how to get over a healthy breakup. Because there really is no guaranteed way. But more of just... The, way, the best way to just process your feelings and just feel them. I feel like, especially as an artist, feeling emotions that make you uncomfortable could sometimes be the most therapeutic because you get to understand them and see a different side of you but at the end of the day a stronger side of you because it's strong to go through and face those negative emotions like i've been in like pure anger or pure depressive states and made some of like the best verses or wrote like the best lyrics I've ever written because just because I was in that state you know I just feel like energy is useful and it's important to harvest it and to just even if you're not going to harvest it just kind of remember what that's like journal do a piece of art work or meditate anything go for a run do your if you like to box to let out your steam go have like a training session i just feel like you need to use that energy because it's special like we were talking about in the last part like i have positive spins on things that's my positive spin on the breakup i guess that i'm not even thinking about i'm just kind of saying it you take that energy and you put it towards whatever you do. Or maybe you try something new. 
but you put it towards something. Because it's a special energy. That's really... That's really all my input I have on that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like you could use... You could definitely use that energy to better yourself. But you also don't want to delve too deep into those emotions because you could also worsen yourself. You can put yourself in a more negative state than you've ever felt before. That's not what I'm saying. It could just make you worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is. No, I'm saying I'm saying you take that energy and you just kind of do you do something with it. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm saying you could you can do that, but if you do it, like let's say, you were to, allow yourself to feel all those negative emotions, so you could use them to, um, to create something or to. Or to make yourself angry to do, to make something or do something else. On the other side of the spectrum, you're also feeling everything. And you're also going to go through all those emotions again But that and comes again. with balance. That's the thing. Like, a reason why people like actors and actresses are so messed up in the head sometimes is because they have to tap into those feelings often. And they're so good at it that they have their feelings sitting at their shoulder. You know what I mean? I'm saying if, let's say the day you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or, like, you get divorced from your wife or husband, like, I'm not saying that same day you're going to go sit down and you're going to tap into that negative feeling for three, four hours in a row and make a classic art piece. I'm saying give yourself two days, three days, maybe even a week to chill out and get your mind off of it. But then go back to it when you feel like you can healthily process those emotions just enough to where it's it's okay for you you know if you start to feel overwhelmed even like 10 minutes into making your song when you're getting over when you're talking about your breakup get yourself like out of there you know go for a walk just get your mind off of it but you have to you have to think about things and you have to sit down and think rationally I'm f- so that's half of the portion. I'm only talking about a specific thing that I'm zoning into. A really healthy part that a lot of people don't look at is using your right side of the brain with those emotions, your creative side. Now, on the full... I should have like specified that that's not the, the entirety of what you do. That's like maybe 25%. Now, the other 25% is processing it with your left side of your brain, sitting down, thinking about things rationally. Other 25% is spending time to just grieve. Not necessarily think, but just to feel down. The other 25% is to get your mind off of it and to just distract yourself completely from the feelings until they start to dissipate. And they will dissipate over time. It, you you get that like yeah yeah it, i yeah. i uh, i was just focusing in on that one part yeah i think that it's definitely important to to feel but i also don't think that it's very helpful to heal to use that at the same time i feel like in um in my life when when i've experienced um, bad situations and like 
heartbreak and stuff like that it it always made me feel better when I were to just look away from it and just uh move to to not think about it at all and, and not even give myself two days to to chill and um and grieve over it just stop thinking about it completely and just and just move away from it and just move on and just keep living my life I feel like that has always helped me the most and that's what that is what keeps me going so not even to look at it rationally no I'd rather not I'd rather just not look at it at all but you think it's bad to look at it rationally and to use it for creative energy or to process your feelings through creativity I don't think it's bad. I just don't think that it works for me. I think. But why don't if it's good in general, then why don't you try it? Well, I don't know if it's good in general. I know. I just know that it's good for you. But I think it's good in general for everybody. At least one of those options, like left side or right side of the brain, whatever you focus on, it's got to be good for like everybody in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it's good for everyone in a general sense, just like it's good for me in a general sense. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone processes um, sadness and anger differently. Some people will, will punch a hole in the wall and cry all night, and other people will literally not do anything. And I think that... I think that for me, at least, like, accessing and... And um, feeling all those things in the right and left side of your brain is just not productive for me. I feel like it does the opposite and it only makes me feel worse. And both analyzing it rationally and just feeling it emotionally, it just makes me feel worse. So it helps me more to just completely forget about it and... But does it make you feel worse in the moment or after, like, after you've analyzed it? Do the next day, the next couple of days, do you sit there and just go, wow, I really regret analyzing my feelings? Cause I do, I do. But I, even in the long term. Yeah, even in the long term, right? I really, I regret sitting there and feeling bad about it for a while. I regret just thinking about it in general because it really does affect me for a while. I'm a... I'm an overthinker at heart. I I always overanalyze everything and it'll well, and I'll think you, about yeah. it for the for like a straight up year. But let's just say you analyzed it for an appropriate amount of time, would you still think I don't that think it's that bad? there is an appropriate amount of time to analyze it. But I think that there is. And it's just about knowing the limit. The good thing for you and your situation is that you know the limit of not maybe the the line, but you know generally the blurry area in which you're beginning to overthink things. Don't you think that if you if you stop it at a certain point, even if it's well before you get to that line, that it could be healthy for you to process those emotions, whether you're analyzing it or using it to create some sort of art, whether that's drawing or even podcasting or something? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be productive in certain situations to... To feel and tap into those emotions, that way you can, you can, um, you can create something special. But at the same time, I also it also hurts me a lot to tap in those emotions, because I always, um, I always bring myself to an extremely deep and dark place well, with them. Well, it's gonna suck no matter what. 
Yeah. But it's like a healing thing. It just doesn't heal me. It just feels like it burns more. But do you... When you go through heartbreak, do you, do you have the goal in mind that your the goal is to feel better? When the I, mindset that I'm going to think about this When to I feel go better? through heartbreak, I... Just I just have the mindset of how long will it take before I just forget about this. So it's never a healing mindset. It's more of just like a surviving mindset that you have. Yeah, it's more of How am of I going to survive this? Not how am I going to recover from this? No, no. It's more of a how how long will it take before I forget? Yeah, but that that's kind of like how, how long can I ignore this, this thing before it goes away? Not I'm going to beat cancer. It's how long can I just pretend I don't have cancer until the cancer just goes away? Yeah, well, unlike cancer, the pain of a heartbreak will. True, but I'm not I'm not saying that's like a true metaphor. It's just a general example. I'm saying you have you have the mindset of of like push away or ignore until it goes away cuz you know that it will generally. But the answer is why don't you want to dive the question is why don't you want to dive into those emotions what like what in your life is stopping you from from diving into them i feel like for me personally it's just if i dive into one emotion or one situation and just try to think about it and and uh, use it just for even a second it just brings me to such a terrible place in my mind and, and in my heart that it just like all the emotions start flooding in and if i it's almost like i keep all my emotions in a vault and if i just open the, the vault a little bit just to let one out everything will just flood out and then it's just terrible there's no way of stopping it yeah that's just how i feel for me it I, feels like like it's just it's just a flood and i i just have to keep it closed all the time and I, that's why yeah. when the yeah. heartbreak happens and I just let another heartbreak into the vault. I'd rather just leave it there and eventually just forget about it than just let it out and just have to deal with everything else that's in there. That's just how I personally process the the pain of heartbreak and just the pain of a of a love situation in general. Yeah. And I mean, I get that about like your your feelings coming out and not being able to like get them back in kind of and being out of control i know what that's like but i also know what it's like to be in control i just think you need to practice just like just force yourself to feel sad that's what i would do if if like you want to take any advice is just force yourself to feel sad and just see if you can control it maybe not on that big of a, of a spectrum like a heartbreak but even if you're just bringing up something negative from the past and Maybe something that's kind of a fresh wound, like, like a, like a recent thing that came up where like you lost a friend from school and you're still kind of getting over it. I'd say something similar to a heartbreak. I would pull out those negative emotions and force yourself to open that vault a little bit, just to to practice controlling them. And not that it's healthy to control your emotions, but just to have a general control over yourself. You know what I mean? So yeah. That, so that way when it comes to a big thing, such as like losing a family member or losing a girlfriend in this instance, you're able to 
process your feelings without just completely ignoring them, which I don't, I don't think is healthy if that's like your, your main coping mechanism, you know? It's not really a, a coping mechanism. It's more of just a, how I deal with things. It's, that's, a, that's what a coping mechanism is. Yeah, it's I guess. It's just a different name for it. And yeah, you don't have to call it a coping mechanism, but, but still. Is that something that interesting, interests you? Like, challenging yourself? I don't think I'd be able to do that because of what I said before. But does it interest you? It doesn't, because I know what's going to go down. Well, let's just say something different could go down. Does it still interest you? It doesn't, because I know what's going to go down. But let's just say something different could. But uh, something different won't, because I've, say, done, I've tried it before. But let's just say we're in a different universe now where something different can happen. Does it interest you in that universe? Yeah, in that in that different, completely different universe. But the the thing is, that's the same universe we're in now. But it's not, because I know how I'm going to be. I think it is. The same I don't, universe. because I've tried it before and it always ends badly. With a little bit of guidance, I think things could end differently. It's it's okay to feel those things and it's okay to fail. You know. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know when, I know when it's okay to feel things. I'm not going to, but I know when, I know when I should. It's just that with all the stuff that I've experienced in my life, uh, it's just, oh, it's always been better for me to just lock it down and not, and not even try and get into it because it's just a whole thing. And I don't blame you for that, because it usually is better to just lock down your feelings, not open them up. I just think it's not the healthiest thing. And also, like, for me, I want you to feel like you're you're the most, like, in control, the best version of yourself that you can be, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. Just challenge yourself a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I, yeah. I understand the challenge. Is I also... Just that you just have to understand that it just won't work for me. And it doesn't work for everyone. Well, I, I want you to just say... Just like every diet doesn't work for everyone. You can say no, but I want you to say that... I want you to say that it could work for you. But you're just not ready to try it. It won't work for me. But it could. It could not. If you had a different approach, could it? No. I think it could. I don't think it could because it's just not something that that would ever work in any reality. But if it works for, like, a lot of people... But a lot of what people makes you aren't di- me. But what makes you different from other people? What makes other people the same as me? Because we're all human. But we're all not the same, either. True, but but we're all human. You're, like, generally a normal human with nothing really, like, wrong with you. Like, we all can kind of connect. If me and you could have this podcast together, then we of course, can, like, have the same ways of thinking, you know? Yeah, and, but to that point, not everyone thinks like that. True, but, but, like, if you have your best, in, like, self-help intentions at heart, then you would be inclined to try things that are good for you. So then that means you don't have your true, like, intentions at heart aren't to help yourself well i just don't think that i need help i mean this comes down to self-love 
at the end of the day. And just like I said before, I have enough self-love to be fine. Yeah, but you could say that, but I feel like you need to, you need to like open yourself up to, to feeling those things, to feeling negativity and feeling like a negative feeling, even if it hurts because it'll make you feel better in the long run. Not saying feel it to such an extent where you overthink it and for the next six months you can't get over like these thoughts that you have on that one day but only to the extent where you feel like you've come to a rational realization and you can come to terms with things because if you don't do it with something such as like losing like uh, an action figure from your childhood then you won't be able to do it for losing your girlfriend then you won't be able to do it with losing a wife with losing somebody really close in your family then it comes down to like what would happen to you if one of those things was just thrown at you which could easily happen that's kind of like my viewpoint on it so if you're saying like a heartbreak just something like that is too much to think about then in terms of like another extreme or another step up from that like it could be devastating on mental health yeah i mean it's not necessarily that it's too much to think about it's just that it's too much to um to put time to because i know that if i let if i let this happen then I'm gonna have to, if I like, if I feel this, then I'm gonna have to feel everything else that's in my metaphorical vault. Yeah. But like, what does that include? So, like, what generally what I'm asking is like, what kind of feelings come up in a heartbreak then? A lot of feelings, of feelings of of lost, feelings of of sadness, of anger, of of confusion, feelings of. Just every, you could feel a whole plethora of of emotions, and but at the end of the day, for me, it's just better to not feel them at all and to just put them in the vault, because it's just it's it's a lot more work to deal with that, and deal with everything else that's in there than to just let it let it simmer and let it sit in there. Just. I'd rather just leave my emotions in there and let them chill than to open up the vault and accept all that's in there. So what stops you from doing the work? Nothing stops me from doing the work except for the fact that I know it's just not going to work for me. But you said it was it's a lot more work to open that vault. Yeah, but it's not just about the work. It's also about the emotional torment that I would have to go through. So there it is. That's the reason. Yeah, I guess in a sense that's the reason. When have you felt that pain before? I've felt it many times. And I know... When's the first time you felt that in your whole life? The pain similar to opening the vault, opening the vaults of your feelings, having them fly out and having to process them. Like the first time in your life where you felt something similar to that. Hmm. 
And then the latest time. The first time was probably when, hmm, probably in freshman year when my first dog passed away. Yeah. That was a, that was a lot at that time. We experienced that together. Well, obviously Matt had like a better connection to the dog than me, even though I did have a connection to the dog too. Yeah, and the dog's name is Chester, by the way, and he was a beagle, and he was about five, he was like almost six when he died. He passed away from cancer. He he beat it before, but then it came back, and that was like the first time I ever felt like, like everything at once, and it was too much, and that's why I put it all in the vault. It was too much to even, like, think about. Like, I remember specifically the the day after uh, we left that hospital and I had to go to school. I, I went to school and I couldn't even do it. I just literally walked out. I called my mom and I was like, I, I got to go home. I can't do this right now. And I went home and I, I didn't do anything that day. I just I just went home and I, I just felt it. I felt all the emotions. And it was painful, and it was, it was just everything. It was, it was awful. And it didn't feel like it helped me in any way to feel them, so I just put them all away. And it made me feel better to put them all away. And the latest time I've ever felt that was probably, uh, hmm, probably like, three weeks ago when I had to I had a lot of stuff on my mind and I was dealing with a lot of stuff at the time and it was it was just a big a big thing for me and it was a uh, it was a lot and I'll probably explain more about that situation in a later podcast with that topic um, as the center but just in general, I was dealing with a lot of uh, different stuff at that time, and it like, and I had to almost release the. I had to like, put the security key in and open up the vault, because. Well, what was the situation? It like was just. Generally. It was just a lot of different stuff at the time. It was, with colleges and, um, with my job, and there were some people at the time that were that were doing a lot of stuff to me and again I'll I'll probably get into it at a different time but it just it was a lot to deal with at the time and I opened up the vault and it was it was one of the worst feelings I've ever felt it was like constant knives stabbing into my heart and I closed it right back up and I never thought about it again after that and I just left it there and I still have a lot of emotions in the vault right now as I speak. And they're just going to stay there because that's what makes me feel good. That's how I wake up in the morning and and do my thing. See, all right, you didn't really talk about the later version or like the later experience. But considering the first experience with Chester, the thing I was kind of thinking of 
like, which I didn't even come to this conclusion at first, but you were basically explaining how you felt those, those emotions, and then you realized that shutting down kind of made you feel better, whereas, I'll tell, like, the viewers about what happened, so, like, my mom passed away when I was 16, that was, like, about five years ago, so what I did was I initially pushed everything out, so we kind of did the opposite, I pushed things out, and I pretended, like, things were okay, not necessarily that I had to pretend that they were, but I had to, like, put on, like, a, a strong face, and it wasn't until, like, a couple weeks later that, like, I woke up from having a bad dream, and that's, like, the morning that I was able to, like, let out all my emotions, like, cry about it, and just kind of, like, be depressed for that day, and that was, like, the time where I started to to feel worse, but but better, like, in terms of a processing thing, because I was able to process her death, and, like, what my life was after that, and how I was going to move forward, and I did a pretty good job at that, and the thing is, though, I feel like I did push out those feelings too much to a point where later in my life, once I got to college, I feel like those emotions kind of came back at me because I never expressed them enough when the death was more fresh, when the wound was fresh. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think the reason why... I, now, I don't even understand why I would be, like, saying this stuff to you. But the, th the reason why I think I am is because I felt like I push things out initially and let them in only a small percentage of the time and in the long run it's kind of like hurt me because now it's kind of a thing in my psyche where every couple of years I might need to ha I might have like a mental breakdown in some sense and then have to like build myself up or have to do like a quick fix of healing rather than having an initial wound that can be healed from the roots you know and it's hard because nobody gave like a handbook on how to like process things i mean they literally did like at the school when my mom passed away but i just still i still do like hate those books because you can't really put grieving in like a pamphlet you know yeah but generally speaking nobody really gives you a a book on how to like go through with stuff like that because everyone's situation is different and their connection with people is different whether it's an animal or a human or whoever like an alien or a, a toy or like a car for some people even if that sounds ridiculous but yeah just in general i'm saying that we process things like a little bit differently and that's why i'm trying to push you to to open up and whatever works for you works but i just think in the long run it is beneficial from my side, you know? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely do need to take some advice on how to better process, uh, my emotions and better accept the situations that I'm in and, yeah. and express my emotions. But we're all humans. But we're all human and we all make mistakes and we all, and we all have to live with them. We all have to, um, we all have to do our own thing. At the end of the day, that's what life is. Life is, life is expression, and life is, life is you. But on that note, I think that we will be ending episode one of Love. 
Unless you want to add something else. No, that's really it. I mean, love is a weird thing. There's so many different types of love, like we were saying in the beginning. And I just think you need to learn to love yourself. I think that's, like, the biggest premise of this whole entire thing. But, again, having, like, a balance. So, to anybody listening, just kind of take that in mind. Understand you can love yourself, but then you could also love other people, too. And sometimes you can love other people more if you love yourself first. But then if you love yourself too much, you can't necessarily love as many people. So, it's about maintaining that balance. Finding what works for you. Okay. And, um, before we end this off, um... uh, What kind of rituals do you want to set for the rest of the episodes? Let's, we'll have the outro as this. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'll probably have, I'll probably have an Instagram up for the All Real Podcast pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna try and, we're gonna try and get some, some new faces on here every new episode. Some new guests. Do you new know guests the every episode. the next one or some of the topics we'll be covering? Some of the next topics we'll be covering were... We'll probably be covering loss. Um, yeah, we did a little just bit of that one. Yeah, we got into that a little bit, but more into that in another episode. Also, uh, existence, kind of like the meaning of life, stuff like that. Oh, that's a good one. Um, we'll, pre- we'll be getting into politics and religion. And also, um, we still have a lot of surprises in for the All Real Podcast. Yeah. And a lot of surprise guests. Yeah, so every week, we're, or not every week, every episode we'll try to, like, get a guest on, somebody from our life, somebody that we talk to often, usually, and just kind of, like, usually a friend or a family member, and just try to get a new perspective on things. We're going to pick people that we really think are useful for each topic. So somebody that likes philosophy and just talking about deep stuff for probably the existence episode or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and um, it's gonna be interesting. For the Instagram, I will be putting up the uh, a link to where you guys can send us messages or questions for the Let's next go. topic. Um, I'll be putting up that link. I'll have it in the bio, and I'll probably have it in the first post. And that way, you guys can send us any questions you have, or you could just send us any notes you want to tell us, and we'll read yeah, them out. Or anything you want us to talk about. Yeah, anything um, you want us to cover. We'll also be posting the topics daily before we have the podcast, so you know um, if you want to ask us anything on it. And on that note... Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a good episode. It was a great first episode, and we look forward to talking to you guys more and experiencing this this uh, this podcast with this you guys. This journey together. This journey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. It's been real. It's been I've real. Been Phil. I was Matt. <laughs> I was, at least. I was. Um, Not anymore. This is Phil and Matt with All Real Podcast. We will. We'll see you next time. See you next time.